Welcome to the OT lifestyle movement. This is for the occupational therapy visionaries and the ones who see things differently. We're moving our profession forward through living and leading a truly holistic lifestyle. Hey, hey guys, welcome back to the OT lifestyle movement podcast. I'm Rhiannon Crisp, occupational therapist, personal trainer, and founder of otlifestylemovement.com. Today, we are talking about how to live out your OT dream and make a difference and a dollar at the same time. Now, we've got someone back who is very special, so get ready to get inspired and fired up when it comes to OT and your business, because we are chatting to Anna Hernando. So Anna is an occupational therapist, a holistic healthcare practitioner, medical intuitive, Reiki master, and certified life coach. She's also completed a bachelor in kinesiology. She's the founder of Holistic Solutions, and she's here today to talk with us about all things when we need to know when it comes to marketing systems and attracting our, our ideal client. So welcome, Anna. Hi, I'm so happy to be back. Yes, I know. So for everyone who hasn't listened to the first podcast, we had Anna on initially and she was talking all about holistic health and coaching and yeah, Anna's just a wealth of knowledge and got so much experience. So definitely go back and listen to that. Um, now on the show, we always hit the rewind button. So we're going to hit it again, but maybe this time, if you can talk a little bit about your OT dream and your journey into business. I think that might be a good place to start this one. Uh, well, so I've kind of always had a little bit of an entrepreneur spirit. Um, I went back and got my master's in business administration when my kids were little. And at the time it wasn't because I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm gonna start a clinic. It was actually a, a stupid reason, really. Um, I found my husband and I not connecting. And so I realized, <laughs> I thought, well, how do I have these conversations with him um, about business? Because in his world, I played with kids all day, right? He didn't realize really what I did. Um, so, so I went back and got an MBA so I could have these conversations and understand what he was talking about, about a P&L and return on investment and all those kinds of terms that most OTs uh, kind of go, hmm, that's not what I'm interested in. Um, but when you're going to be an entrepreneur, it's, it's important to know those types of things. Um, so I went back to school for that. And then fast forward a bunch of years, my husband uh, said, well, why don't you go into private practice? You know, and I did. And it uh, flopped. And I've learned the best way to learn about business is to make all the mistakes. So, <laughs> so I made all of those mistakes. Um, and I ended up hiring a practice coach after my first year and a half in business and basically he said close it all up file for bankruptcy and start over <laughs> um so i did most of what he said and i closed it all up file for bankruptcy and i didn't start over i stuck my tail between my legs and i went back to regular ot um and i looked my wound for a while and i i was just shattered i was shattered because i had all these hopes and dreams and aspires. And I was like, I got a business degree and how come I didn't do it right? And all of these different things. And um, I had to learn a lot and I'm still learning today. So 
So, I mean, having a business means that you are continually evolving and learning because markets, your customers and their desires and how you get their attention and what they're willing to pay, all of that is continually evolving. And yet, because in a medical model, as OTs, at least in America, most OTs are pretty much paid one set rate, whether no matter what you do and however many education you get, you get paid the same rate. And you rarely get a pay increase. Most of the time you get a pay decrease, right? Um, but in business, it's not that way. When you add an extra service, you can charge some more money for that, right? And so it was learning those, those different, different things. So I specialized in uh, treating sensory processing. I became a sensory specialist. I invested $75,000 into an additional education to learn about lights and vibrations and frequencies. And I was so excited, but I didn't know the market timing because my customers weren't there yet. I had all of this, but my customers weren't ready because this was about 10, 12 years ago. And who, if you're dealing with sensory, that's your kids that are on the spectrum, right? Well, think 10, 12 years ago. Nobody, nobody was on the spectrum, right? Because nobody wanted the diagnosis or insurance didn't pay for it. So I was ahead of my market and which meant whoop, you're going to go down. So I've learned a lot um, in that process. And, and so I've also learned about using systems and how do I work my day job? Because let's be honest, you can't, most people can't quit everything and then just go start a new business and sustain themselves financially. We all have a dollar that we need to bring home. And so what, what happened was, is I was working in my day job and building my business on the side. And when you're an entrepreneur, that means that you are um, doing the, the after hours, you work your day job, you come home and after hours, you plug it in and you, you do some work on the weekends, you're doing some work. So while your other friends and your OTs or colleagues are binge watching, whatever's the biggest show on Netflix, you're not, you're working on your business, right? So um, it's not for everybody and there's nothing wrong with that. It's not for everybody. So you've heard people, entrepreneurs are not solopreneurs because you, you do need some help. Mm, yeah. I love that. So, I learned, learned that the hard way. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd love to know some of the lessons that you learned because we're not going to live long enough to make them all ourselves. So the beauty about bringing you on here is to find out what lessons you did learn along that journey because it sounds like you had quite an interesting time building your business. I did. So the biggest thing um, is that most, because now I, you know, I, I coach a lot of therapists that want to start their own practice, um, whether it's coaching, consulting, whatever. Um, and my, one of my friends says, uh, you, you know, this is when she was telling me, you should go into coaching for business. And I thought, you know, I don't know about that. She's like, are you kidding? You've made million dollars mistakes that I don't want to make. So, yes. <laughs> this is true. I did make a million dollar mistake for sure. Um, but, but one of the biggest things is that you have to really be clear on what kind of practice you want to do, what you want to do with people and, um, or how you want to help them. So many therapists will say, well, I like to do this and I like to do that and I want to do the other and I could, do, I could do this and I could do that. What do you want? Because you're going to spend your hours after work working on this. 
You're gonna spend your weekends working on this. You're gonna turn down dinner parties working on this. So what is that that's gonna drive you? You know, who is your ideal person? Who, when you say, I love helping that person, that kind of person, that's very important. Because when we say, well, I could do all this, well, yes, you can. But is that gonna sustain you emotionally and motivate you to continue, right? And then the other, like, the biggest, big reason about that is that you wanna be able to be clear on that is because you need to know who you're gonna market to. You don't wanna spend your money marketing to all these people. You wanna, you wanna spend your money marketing to the one. And this is what, and that's not to say you, you, you can't have treat everybody. If you treat everybody, you treat no one really, <laughs> okay? But I tell people all the time, do you want to be a general practitioner? Because general practitioners don't make as much money as an orthopedic surgeon. So if you've got a number and you want to make money sustaining your lifestyle, then let's, let's specialize here and let's create your niche and let's get really good at that. Later, then you can add on, right? But um, if you go and say, I'm going to treat orthopedic and I'm going to do home health and you're going to be distracted all over the place and you're not going to be able to service them all well because you're also still trying to run the business part. Okay? So getting clear and building your niche. There's an old saying in business that says niche will make you rich and you specialize in one area. You get clear on your systems, your processes, your marketing, you get good on that. And then if you want, you can expand to another. But sometimes people will be like, I'm good here. I love this. I love working with whoever it is, right? That was a huge mistake because I opened a peds clinic. I specialized in this one program, but I thought, oh, I need to offer speech and I need to offer PT and I need to. So I built this 2,500 square foot clinic that had a full kitchen because I was going to teach cooking groups and, and lifestyle skills. I had two commode, two bathrooms put in where I had actually a tiny commode. I actually had a pediatric commode put in there next to the regular commode because we were going to work on toileting. And I mean, and what did I end up spending my time when I treated the specialty and realized that I had to find therapists to do the other stuff, which increased my overhead. I mean, it was just up and up and up and up. But had I just focused on what I was loving to do, then that would have been better. And when I closed that practice, I actually brought that equipment that I told you was $75,000, brought that into my home, and I created, took one of the bedrooms out of my home, made that a treating room with that equipment. And I advertised and I saw clients, word of mouth, for that treatment alone. Alone. So I didn't have 2,500 square feet of overhead for facility. I did not take insurance. I was like, you want this? You pay me cash, right? I knew exactly the kind of clients I wanted to attract. And so those are the groups that I spoke with. I knew exactly um, how, how I was going to charge them, what my terms were going to be, because, because when I was trying to see everybody, I couldn't get clear on that. So that's actually what I did for about two years, actually, I, when I closed the practice. And then I got physically tired of doing that treatment. So I sold the equipment off. But, but it took a lot to get there, you know. But I thought, wow, had I started this in my home, 
I would have saved so much money. I would have saved so much effort and I would have been clear, right? But I thought, why would I want people to come to my home? Like, why, why would I want to do that? You know, but it was, it's logical. And so right now you get people saying, well, I want a bricks and mortar practice. Great, you can have a bricks and mortar practice. But right now, customers, people want telehealth, right? They want telehealth. They're not ready for, for going back into places. And they might never really ever be, right? So you have to look at who you're marketing and where you're going to be. But my husband's motto, and, and I say my husband because that's one somebody who supports me, right? And he would say, go big or go home. Go big or go home. And I'm like, go big or go broke. <laughs> You know? like, uh, what? No. Uh, well, you have definitely learned so many lessons along that. And what I took out of that was you don't have to go big or go home. You can start small, start really small, just one foot in front of the other. And I think mm -hmm. that can take over sometimes. We get this big vision and we dream big and we just think we've got to go all out at the start. But really we need to back it up and just go, okay, what's the smallest possible step I can take and take that? And then it'll start to unfold from there. The other thing that I loved you talking about was finding that niche. You know, find who you want to talk to. Solve their problem. You can't solve everyone's problem. If, Like you said, if you're talking to everyone, you're talking to no one. No one's going to be listening because it, some of that information is going to be totally irrelevant to them. So speaking to the people that are going to be tuned in to that radio station um, because that's when they're going to say, hey, I know this OT and she talks my language and I get her. I know she can solve my problem. Or they'll talk to you, you know, talk to a friend about you and say, Hey, I know this awesome OT. She's always going on about sensory processing. Maybe you should check her out. Yeah. Um, I'd love you to dive into that a little bit more. So how do we attract our ideal client? What are some ways we can go about it? So I'm very much a holistic. So, um, I firmly believe that everything happens in the energetic realm before it manifests physically. So you really have to get into alignment. Now as OTs, this shouldn't sound so, so um, out there because for OTs, we, our foundation is in mind, body, and spirit. So if you just look at mind, body, and spirit, if those three are not aligned, that's where you have to start. So you have to look at what brings you joy, what brings you bliss. And the cliche saying is, is what would you do for free that nobody would going to pay you because you enjoyed it so much? Okay. Now I'm not saying do it for free. Do not do it for free. But if it was, if you were like, oh, I just, I don't even feel like this is work. I have so much fun doing this. I love doing this. Right. I would do this if nobody paid me. That's, that's a clue for you okay and then we have to really get clear and tap into all of our senses and visualize what that is that imagery we utilize an ot tool imagery what does your business feel like what does it sound like what does it taste and look like what do you hear on the conversations what do your clients say to you and really get present with that. And that is, that is the most critical part because if you don't know what all of that does and how that looks, you're never gonna manifest it. You're never going to create it because you're trying to, you're trying to create somebody else's vision. You have to get crystal clear on your vision for your practice. 
So if you want your practice to just be, you know, a part-time gig and make some, you know, couple extra thousand dollars a month, okay. Or if you just want to do it to, to help out some other people, um, then you can charge whatever you want. Or if you want $500 a month more, I'm going to see this many clients or however you want it to be. Or you can really go all the way and say, I'm going to start mine and then I'm going to bring, you know, other therapists in. I mean, whatever it is that vision is for you. Because every journey, every step starts with one step, right? We have to take that first step. But you can't take that first step unless you have some idea of where you're going. <laughs> I mean, you just, otherwise you're just going in a circle. Yeah. Okay, so how do we market to our niche? What are some marketing strategies maybe that you've used or that you know are really effective? Right. So once you get clear on what type of business that you want to have or what is your customer, you're going to do people, you always hear it all the time. People do business with who they know, like, and trust. So the first thing, and everybody talks about this, but it's very true. If you, if you've ever heard of John Maxwell, he's a big time, he's a coach and everybody will tell you the same thing. You start within your circle. You just start within your circle and you reach out to people that you know, and you say, Hey, I don't know if you know that I did this. Or if you hear them having a conversation with you, say, you know what, that's something that I, I help people do. I'm happy to chat with you on a, in a business setting or on a consulting call, what have you like that. But you branch out from there. That's just so you can build your confidence, right? Because everybody's like, well, I don't know what to say. So you don't want to spend money marketing to people and then you don't know what you're going to say. So start kind of like in your group. Who you know, what do you do? And you definitely want to use some type of social media platform um, because Let's face it, um, I know people are looking for avenues aside from Facebook, but you, you know, people are on social media, so you need to pick a platform. Um, if you wanna do LinkedIn or you wanna do all of them, whatever. Um, but most of the time, it's the same kind of thing. Most people are really good on one platform. They use the others, but they're really good on one. So um, it's the same kind of thing because the rules on social media are changing all the time. Um, and then you definitely want to have a website. Websites make it real. I'm not saying you need to have top of the line website. I think that's probably one of the other big mistakes that I made coming out. Everybody said, get a website. So I hired a web designer. I did all this other kind of stuff. I paid her thousands of dollars. And every time I wanted to change something, I had to pay her another thousand dollars. And so, um, I, I have a one of the Wix sites. It's wix.com. I have that site. I have it's paid. They have like a free version, but I always say if you want free, you're going to get what you pay for. So I have the paid version. There's different levels of that, but I have one of the paid packages. And I built my first website myself. It's very simple. It's very easy. You can use your own pictures. It's very intuitive. They have websites, um, video tutorials on there, so you can actually do it yourself. It's very cost effective. And um, I did that for a little while and then I went and I had another coach and they were like, you need to really ramp up your website. So I hired another web designer and the same thing and, and he never got it right. He never got me. I literally was like, I cannot stand the color on that. I don't like this or I need you to change this. And then I had to wait, right? In order to get my website taken care of, I had to submit a ticket and I had to wait in line for them to do what I wanted to do. And I'm like, done. So I moved my stuff back to Wix. And I know a lot of people do different things, but for me, it worked because if I get a new picture, 
all right, I've got time. I want to add my new picture. Or um, those colors don't really feel like my business anymore. I want to change those colors. And I just pay a monthly service fee, <laughs> which for me worked out better. So, um, but a website makes it real. Okay. And so um, there are people to help you with that. Wix is also one that will, they'll help you if you just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I want you to help. But there's other companies out there. So you can, you can venture on there and just do a little bit of research to figure out which one works for you. Um, but the website is definitely important. Not so much because people are going to websites really, but um, like they're not searching holistic people and then you come up. Because most people really anymore, it's the word of mouth, right? Used to be you gave somebody a business card and that meant you were real. Now somebody's going to go look at your website to notice that you're real. And then the other way to run of the easiest ways to market is your Facebook page or your Instagram page. Make sure your business information is there. Make sure your contact information is there. And you start sharing on there. Social. Do not go to all of your friends on there and say, hey, I am coaching and I would love for you to be my client because they're getting hit by thousands of people a day. But you can just start showing that you're an expert. You are a subject matter expert in whatever that is. And you're vibrating, you're putting the energy out there and people are like, oh my gosh, she really knows what she's talking about. Look how consistent she is or he is. I'm gonna give them a call. I'm gonna go check out their website. And the message is always the same. So whatever you put on one platform, LinkedIn, Instagram, right? You're continually doing the same thing because that's part of the consistency. Those are the easy ways to market. Then there's definitely paid advertisement that you can do through Facebook. But if you're a community-based, um, I would reach out to, to organizations in your community. There are always nonprofits that are looking for free speakers, they are looking for free workshops to send their people to, all of those types of things. Um, and then you also have um, not so much doctor's offices, unless you can really, you've got a doctor who's very open, um, but doing any type of health fairs that are out there, depending on your client, right, who you're looking for. I'm going to assume everybody here wants to do health promotion or wellness. Um, but you would go to health fairs. Uh, for the longest time, Dallas, I'm in a suburb of Dallas. Dallas has the, um, they have, we have the State Fair of Texas, which is huge. Um, but then there's a, a vegan fair that is, is piggybacks across it, and it's called the Texas Vegan Fair, Veggie Fair. And um, I started just having a booth there every year for eight years. So every year I had my booth there, and people came, and I just um, – my audience there was not for the vegan. My audience was there for the person who was interested in learning about – embracing a little bit more plant-based and then I, I talked about how plant-based could help them and they don't have to be 100% vegan but changing a few products in their house would help you know so those are those are what are they call low-lying fruit right you grab at those little things and they start to build your confidence and then you can um, you can certainly do the advertising on Facebook or social media but those are paid those would be things that are are paid so most people want to start with the uh, free or mostly free first. I love that. Oh my gosh, you gave so many great tips there. So I've written some down. Let's just recap so everyone can 
go through that again. So number one was start locally. So just talking to people in your community about your business, what you're doing, getting clear on your vision and being able to have that confidence to talk about it as well. And I think it's really important just to influence one person at a time, you know, and this is what Seth Godin talks about is just looking locally and influencing one person at a time. And then it has that big ripple effect. Then you spoke about social media. So finding a platform that your potential clients are on, you know, find out where they're hanging out and go hang out there too. Um, and you can also look at paid ads. So whether you're on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, I mean, TikTok's out these days. We've got so many platform options. Uh, it's just working out which one works for you and where your client is at. The and don't one, feel guilty about not doing the others. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's too much. There's too much. What I tend to do is I tend to reuse my content. So if I am posting on Instagram, I will then reuse that for Facebook and I might make a few tweaks because Instagram tends to like picture perfect photos, whereas Facebook tends to like more casual selfie kind of photos. I mean, it's very different and it depends on what industry you're in as well on what photos that you're posting. Um, but you can look into that. The third thing was the website. And I think that's amazing because I think it's a really great reflection of you and your business and the vibe, and you can get a lot out of a website. So when you, when you see a website, you can be like, Oh my gosh, you know, she's, she's speaking my language. She's talking to me. And I think like you said, visually too, it is very visual. So the colors and that can really attract people to what you're doing. Um, the fourth thing was networking with organizations that are locally. So connecting with community centers and other organizations that have a similar vision or similar mission and connecting with them if they've got a similar client base. And the mm -hmm. last thing that you said was the health fairs. And I think that's awesome because again, it's just back into the community you're sharing your knowledge and that's how people start to learn about you and talk about you. And I think too, it's important from there. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if at the health fair, because people tend to, if you hand out a business card, people will get home and tend to throw it in the right. bin. But if you can collect email addresses or something when you're there, I think that's a really great way to stay connected because then you can contact them. Whereas if you're giving them something, the likelihood that they'll contact you, they're going to forget about you you know, mm -hmm. in the next hour because they've got so many other booths that they're going there's, to. There's definitely an art to doing a health fair. Um, and, and yeah, you never want to, I have people all the time that are like, oh, I got to give, have this to give away. By the way, I learned that at my very first, uh, in my first business, I, I joined, um, I was approached to do the Texas Autism Conference and I thought, oh my gosh, these are, this is great. This is my people. These are my audience. This is fantastic. I was asked to give a breakout session. So I was like, yes, this is fantastic. I was so excited and I had this booth and I had paid $1,500 for my booth and everybody was like, what are you going to give away? And I had all these little trinkets and with my name and my logo and I probably spent five grand on this, right? I didn't get anybody. Everybody came and they took all my trinkets, all my free stuff. In my breakout session were six people. They were already doctors. I didn't, <laughs> I mean, and those six doctors were not referring because I was not in network with the insurance company that they work with. Um, another thing here in America. So I wasted a lot of money. 
but that taught me a huge thing. Yes, I needed to be present at um, the health fair. I needed to be present there, but I didn't need to be given anything away. I didn't get anybody's contact. So then I started learning about signing people up for a free consulting call. Give me a little bit of information about your child and I will set up a consulting call and I'm happy to call you next week and we can chat about your child. I started giving away free 30 minute little sessions and that's really what I still do today because that is a lot. Because one, it's gonna let me know if that client is really somebody I can work with. Because let's just face it, some people are asking for help but they're not people that you wanna help. You know, when I was learning back in school, getting my lifeguard certification, they said many times you have to punch the person who's drowning in order to save them. Well, I don't want to be punching anybody. <laughs> so I'm just like, you know, it helps you know who, who's not for you, right? But it also sets up the stage for them to understand that you are the person that can help them. And then it lets them gauge, are you ready for my help? If you're ready for my help, let's sign up, let's get going, let's pay, let's move through the contract. If they're not ready, you say, okay, well, you're not ready. And then if they ask you, well, I don't have that kind of money, I need, I, you know, I need this, I'll tell you what, I have a Facebook page that I post free information there all the time. You're welcome to go there and look. Or I'm happy to add you to my email list and send you my monthly emails where I give tips and, and um, advice generally. And, and you let it go, you know. Um, so that, those are the big, big things to, to think about when you're doing a health fair. You don't ever want to be giving stuff away. Because people stick it in their bag and they throw the bag away. Get their information. And if you do a health fair and you get information, you call them the next day. You call them within 48 hours for sure because they're not going to remember when you call them the next week. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a really important part of marketing as well is collecting emails uh, because then you do have that way of contacting them and you can provide education and information so you're popping into their inbox once a week or once a month to let them know and when they do need you when they go oh my child is having so much difficulty with xyz i cannot cope anymore oh who's that ot i see her pop up in my inbox all the time i'm going to give her a call mm -hmm. so that's awesome even if you go to even if you go to the even if you stay in their unread box right many people will sign up for email lists even if you stay over there it's that consistently seeing you pop up in there and mm -hmm. people will unsubscribe and you let that go. Don't worry about it. But the other thing is, when, like I said, you collect a contact, act on it. Send them something that says, hey, thanks for reaching out. This is what I do. How, what can I, you know, how can I help you? And if they don't respond, then you have a little bit. But the biggest thing that people do is they give up too easily. They think that they're bothering people. And the easiest way to get around that is ask for permission. So when you reach out and you contact somebody and they say, well, I'm not really interested right now, then you can ask them for permission. Well, do you mind if I call you back in a month? Or do you mind if I call you back after summer? See how things are going? As long as you're asking for permission, then you don't have to worry about offending them because they can say, yeah, no, I'm done. I don't need that. You know? That's a great the tip. That the biggest, the reason why most people lose in sales is because they don't follow up. 100%. Yeah. And, and you can also let them know what group programs, if you're running a group program or there's a special that you've got going on or there's something that you have to offer at a special time of year, you can let them know what's coming up as well. Mm -hmm. Let's head to systems before we wrap it up. What are some systems that you have in your business to make it run more efficiently and effectively? 
Well, I found a lot of ones that don't work well for me either. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go there. So one of my mentors told me that system stands for save yourself some time, energy, and money, which I love that acronym. I was like, yes. Um, so I had done, there's, you know, forms. Everybody's like, how do you make your own forms? And there's Wufu that you can make, Wufu.com you can make forms from, and all these different, um, you know, there's AdWeber, all these different things. And I, I felt like I was, had all these different subscriptions everywhere and it was driving me crazy. And about three, four years ago, I signed up for Infusionsoft and they were very expensive. Um, and they were very confusing. I was like, I have no idea how this works. Well, now they've made basically an Infusionsoft for dummies, so people like me. Um, and it's called Keep, K-E-A-P. And that's the system that I use. And I signed up with that last year. And I absolutely love this system because I can do everything from this system. Um, I get my, I get a private phone number. So it's the number that I give everybody to call me, my clients to call me on. Um, it rings to my cell phone. I have an app on my phone. It rings to my cell phone. So when I call them, I call from there. They can also text me and it comes to my cell phone, but they're texting that number. Right. So that's cool. Um, I, it keeps all my captures, all my emails. I have, um, lead captures on my website, goes right into my key sends them an email that says, Hey, thanks so much for reaching out. It's already automated. And then sends me a notice saying, Hey, somebody signed up or somebody's filled out your lead capture. We sent out the first email. You need to follow up. Right. So it's queuing me. It keeps my tasks list on there. It's connected to my calendar. I have calendar links for people to schedule when they want to come see work with me or chat. Um, I have, um, contracts invoice. It's all in one. It's all in one. But I used to have, PayPal and I used to have whoop. I used to be all over because I was piecemealing it together and so I have this one system now and I I do I absolutely love it and for my clients I click on my clients name when we have a when we have an appointment and I go in there's a little note tab by their name and I can click on the notes and I just type our conversation I keep my notes in there wow um, so you're case yeah. noting in this as well well usually I put a little blurb you know, about what our conversation was. If I'm, we're coaching, I'm going to list their goals that are there. And then each week I'm going to put a, put a note into where we are and, and how we advanced or what changed. Um, but I also can save files. So if I send a homework out and they need to complete it and they send it back, I can save that into that all in there and it's password protected. Um, it's encrypted. Um, yeah. So it takes, my money's there, all of that. It's one, it really is a one-stop system. And, and is um, this a monthly subscription that you pay for? It is a monthly subscription that I pay for. But I will tell you, it is incredibly inexpensive. And I say that when I was adding up all the different Kajabi, um, all the different platforms, WooFoo, all of those, and the fact that I had to go into each all of them, right? Um, it was just, just unbelievably time consuming and, and confusing and money. So having it there, it really is. It, I paid less than adding all of those up for that. And it's also my email campaign. Like I can create my email campaigns. I can make landing pages in there. Um, so everything that's on my website, my website is a Wix, but all of my captures that are on there go right into my keep software. I love it. Thank you for sharing that with You're us. Welcome. That's awesome. Are there any other systems, anything else that you put in place to help things run more smoothly and efficiently? Yes. 
So I live, I didn't used to, but I live by my calendar. I absolutely live by my calendar. And one of the biggest things is when you're doing all this kind of stuff, you know, we talked about doing your day job and you're going to do your entrepreneurship after your day job. You have to schedule me time. You absolutely have to put in your calendar and block it out and honor it. It's an appointment with your soul. So it's not something that you move around for a client. Yes, you want a client, but clients respect you more if they realize that your time is already booked. Like, oh, I can only do noon on Thursday. Oh, I would love to work with you, but I already have somebody booked right there and I can't change that appointment. I have other ones open for you. And you're going, well, that one's just me. I could like move that. No, that's critically important. That was another thing that I learned. I let me go away. Well, I can't serve from an empty cup, right? So I have to, I have to fill my cup. And so on my calendar, people laugh, but I schedule, I wake up and I, I have in my calendar, my workout, my meditation and my reading time. All of that is done in the morning. And I then, think that is great. Do you know, I think that is great because the morning is you time. You know, that is that uninterrupted time, particularly if you've got kids or young kids. I know for me, that is the only time in the day that I know I have to myself because if I do schedule it at 3 p.m. in the afternoon and even if I've said no to other appointments and scheduled in, I'm definitely going for a run, it may not happen because something else will come up that seems to be more urgent and more important than that. And I will, I will go, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to write this report because it needs to be done. I can do my run tomorrow. And there is that flow on effect. And I have totally been there as well. And it's something that I'm constantly still working on is yeah. making sure I do have that me time. And so I put it in my calendar because if it's a date on my calendar, that makes it real, right? It's a date. It's an appointment. And the night before, my phone says, reminds me of my appointments. And my first appointment at 6.30 in the morning is my workout, right? It's like, hello. And so it's, it's in there. It's a date with myself. And I used to worry about it. I used to be like, oh, I can, oh, I feel bad. I would, no. How can I serve? How can I give my best to my clients if I'm not willing to give my best to me? Absolutely. And we need to preach what we're, what we're, yeah. sorry, we need to practice what we're preaching. Um, so, and I'd love you to mention too, are you digital? Are you on a digital calendar? Cause I think this is so important. I transferred my paper diary to my digital calendar maybe two years ago and it just changed my life. I thought it would be super difficult. I thought I, I write all my notes down. I love writing. There's something with connecting with the pen and the paper that I love. Mm -hmm. but I'd get scribbles, I'd write it out, I'd change it with the digital diary. It's just totally transformed my efficiency. Well, what really helped, um, I was a paper calendar too. I, I had the big one, right? The big, and I was like, oh no, I love it. And then what happened was, is when other people tried to book with me, not just for my clients, but my family, right? Um, they wouldn't honor my time because they couldn't see that I was busy right? So by moving to, so I have a Google calendar and, and, um, my keep calendar connects to my Google calendar. And so when I fill something in my Google calendar, that might not be my business related, it blocks it out on my business. So even though I might say I have openings for coaching clients, if I have to have a meeting at, you know, a church or I have to go to the tax office 
and I put that in my calendar, it's blocking it out. So no, no clients can take that time slot because I'm busy. But it also lets my family know she's busy that day. <laughs> no, she's full. And I think that's the biggest thing about the, the Google calendar or any digital calendar, right? Even if you use an Outlook calendar, Microsoft Outlook calendar, people can try to book something with you and they see that you're busy. And so there's a lot more honoring of your time when you say, well, I can move that for you if it's my husband. Well, I could. He's like, oh, no, 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 you're booked. It's fine. Because now it's like, wow, she really is busy. She's important because she has it in her calendar, right? And if you put it in there, it um, makes it a lot easier. And I love getting the reminders. I mean, my goodness, that's, that's the, probably the best part. And you can put how often you want your reminders, right? 30 minutes, two days before. Oh my gosh, I forgot five minutes ago. You know, I love that. And um, because I am like everybody, you have a lot of things that you're doing. We'd love to say that we're all just sitting around watching TV and, oh yes, I have a phone call. You know, no, we're, you know, doing homework stuff. Um, taking care of laundry, managing family, managing kids, managing regular work. And so it's like, how do you fit that in? You need to use a calendar. And, and I'll, I'll, I mean, it'll pop up. Oh, hey, guess what? We are going to do a podcast here in about 30 minutes. Go get ready. Okay. <laughs> I got my 10 minute reminder. I have mine set for 10 minutes. So yeah, 10 minutes prior to the appointment, I'll get a reminder. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Yep. That's great. Yeah, that's what's great. Awesome. Well, we might start to wrap it up because it is that time already. Again, oh my gosh, I feel like we could just talk forever. There's so much more that I'd love to talk to you about. Um, we, we might have to do a round three one day in the future. <laughs> All right, let's head to the three rapid fire questions. So number one, again, it's in one sentence, how do you describe OT? Ooh, one sentence. Occupational therapy is for the occupation of being human. Yes. Oh, that's a new one. I love that. Number two, what's one healthy lifestyle habit listeners can implement today? Setting the me time first thing in the morning. I know people are going to say they're tired. You, if you can just, even if it's 10 minutes, your alarm clock goes off, you get up, hopefully you brush your teeth, use a restroom. And then go do a pineal gland meditation, specifically pineal gland. Activate your pineal gland every day for at least 10 minutes. That's huge. Awesome. Great. Number three, if you could only offer one piece of advice that OT is listening in today, what would it be? Don't buy the story that you've been sold. <laughs> OTs are the greatest, greatest profession. We have so much to offer. We have so much potential. Learn where we came from. Learn what we have. And don't be afraid to get out there and be that original OT. Oh, Anna, you are so amazing. I'm always so inspired after talking to you. It's amazing. I know everyone else will be too. So thank you so much. Where can everyone find out more about you and connect with you if they want to? Sure. Um, my website is www.drdoctorana.net. You can find me there. I am on LinkedIn. You can reach out there. My name is Ana Hernando. Um, also, what any of the social medias, um, Facebook, Instagram is Holistic Life Rocks is my Instagram. Um, you can reach me at any of those. Um, but definitely my website is probably the easiest because you can fill out a little lead um, inquiry form. It just says, 
hey, let's chat, you know. Um, I'm happy to help anybody. You'll see that I just really, I just feel that we are the best out there to help people. We've just forgotten it. <laughs> and so then we wonder, how come nobody, how come nobody knows? Because we don't. <laughs> we have to open our mouth. We have to tell them. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much, Anna. Have an amazing day. Yeah. You too. Bye. That's it, guys. I hope this episode resonated with you. But more importantly, I hope that it inspires you to take action. If you haven't already, come over and join our Facebook group family where we connect and collaborate. You can find us really easy just by searching the OT Lifestyle Movement in Facebook. If you did love this episode, I'd be super grateful if you shared it. You can take a screenshot right now and share it on Instagram or on Facebook so we can connect with more amazing, like-minded, open-minded OTs. The more we share the OT lifestyle movement, the more we can create a ripple effect. And if you do love the podcast, please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star review so we can be found more easily. That's it. Go out, create the epic change that you seek in the world because the world is ready for you. Carpe diem, guys.